that. Don't you really enjoy singing all these songs about being saved? And uh, the difference Jesus makes and how wonderful, how wonderful it really is to know him and uh, to enjoy all the benefits that are ours. And, and that's really what we're talking about this month in this teaching series called Real Identity. What is our true identity? And we introduced it last Sunday, um, just, just talking about that, that question of uh, who am I? What, what is my real identity if I'm a follower of Christ? And we said if you've committed your life to Jesus, you're a disciple of his, and you're following him, then uh, some things are true. Do you remember what they were? That uh, Christ is in me, right? Can you say that? Christ is in me, and I am in Christ. And I am a saint. Now, if you missed last Sunday, go to the website and the sermon's there on both the live stream and uh, under the messages and you can watch it and catch up with us uh, because those things are true. If, if you know Christ, then he lives within you. You are spiritually in him and enjoy the benefits of being in him. And uh, you are a saint, meaning you belong to him and, and have all the capacity within you because he is in you to live a godly life, to live a saintly life. Now today, I want us to focus on how our identity has changed because we're in Christ, how we're, we're a different person and we've been transformed. We're, we, we're not the same as we were before. And just to help us think about that a little bit, wrap our mind around it, I've got some photographs I want to show you. I asked some of our deacons and pastors to uh, send me some photographs, uh, one from years ago when we were young. And then a more recent one. And I'm, I'm going to show you the first photograph for each, each, each of our deacons or pastors that, and, and give you an opportunity to guess who is that. Are you ready? All right, so guys up top, you ready? Here's the first one. Anybody know who that is? What do you think? Now, if it's you, don't say it. But uh, anybody, anybody have a clue who that is? Any guess? All right. Who, what? Is that his wife? No. Jimmy Cumbie, next slide. Go ahead. Good. Who, who said that over here? Good job, Jimmy Cumbie. All right, one of our deacons. Let's go to the next one. Anybody know who that is? Huh? Who do you think? Just take some guesses. Come on, don't be bashful. All right, let's go to the next slide. Roger Troutman. Okay, all right. Next one. Anybody know who that is? Is that Beth saying that? All right. Uh, next slide. Yep, Dean Rollo sitting down here. Just prayed a few moments ago. Okay, you ready for another one? All right, next slide, guys. Oh. Anybody know who that? Who do you think that is? Who said what? Jamie? All right, next slide. Yep, Jamie Burdett. When you when y'all see Jamie today, tell him he was so cute. Just Jamie, you were cute. All right, next one. A little harder to tell when they're really young like that, isn't it? Any guesses though? All right, it's one of our deacons. Next slide. Chris Thomason. All right, ready for another? Okay, guys. Gary Morse. All right, several guesses. Gary Morse. Next slide. Yep, Gary Morris. Okay, um, hair changed. <laughs> That's true for most of us, isn't it? All right, next one. We got one saying Steve White. Anybody else? 
Going once, going twice. Next slide. That's Steve White. Hey, Christopher, is that two, two you've gotten right this morning? You just copied Keith. Okay. All right. Another slide. Any idea? All right. Another one. Next slide. John Howe. All right. Let's, let's keep going. Next slide. <laughs> Any ideas? Any guesses? There's another slide to give you some more hints. Next slide. Yeah. I miss that thick head of hair. <laughs> I love the 70s. <laughs> and I did not need hairspray to keep it there. All right. Hey, we, our physical appearance does change over the years, right, as we age. Now, some, some of us more than others. Some you look at pictures when they're kids and teenagers and young, young adults and you know who that is. That their their appearance it changes, but 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 it's the resemblance is pretty strong. Now others <clears throat> can change quite a bit, right? <clears throat> but none of us <clears throat> none of us today look exactly like we did when we were really young. Change just our, our appearance changes and we look differently. And here's the point I want to make: the same thing happens to us when we become a follower of Christ. So that's why we're, we're talking about our identity because too often we think of ourselves today as spiritually, as followers of Christ in terms of what was. In terms of what used to be. And don't really look in the spiritual mirror, so to speak, and see ourselves as we really are. Even what I was talking about last week's some of you would say, yeah, I know I'm a Christian, but you have a hard time thinking, really believing that you are in Christ and Christ is in you, and because of that, you are a saint. Now, you may not be living like a saint, but when God looks at you, he says, you are a saint. Therefore, you have the capacity to live such a life. When, when you come to Christ, there's, you become a, a new person, a new creation, and you have a new identity. It's not, not so much a physical change, it's an inner change, a spiritual change that shows up on the outside and how we live and think and talk and so on. But the, but the spiritual reality is that when you came to Jesus, you were permanently, listen to me, permanently and drastically changed. When, when you walk around this community, your neighborhood, your place of work, and you encounter people, and, and, and those you encounter who do not know Christ, don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are dramatically and permanently different than they are. They are not like you. What's true of you is not true of them. That's the reason they need Jesus. Because what is true of you needs to be true of them. But it can't be unless they know Jesus Christ. That's the reason you to be praying for people, witnessing to people, inviting people to worship. 
And so I want us to look for a few moments at this new identity and how we've been changed. And don't have time to really develop all of this, so I'm just going to have to hit it real quickly. Spend a lot of time in passing. We'll give you six, six ways you've changed, six things about your new identity. And the first one is this. You are spiritually alive. You are not spiritually dead. See, the Bible teaches that, that sinners walk around in a physical body that is alive, but on the inside they are dead. They are spiritually dead. They do not know God. They are separated from God. He's not in their lives. That's not true of you. It was before Jesus, but it's not now. Colossians chapter 2, look at verse 13. And the words are there on the screen as well as in your notes. When you were dead in your transgressions, talking about your before Jesus life. What happened? He made you alive together with him. In other words, because Christ is in you and you are in Christ. That's what happened when you accepted Jesus. Okay, He came and took up residence in your life and spiritually you are in Him. And because of that, you are associated with, connected with His crucifixion and His resurrection. And when He was made alive, when Jesus was raised from the dead, when you placed your faith in Him and were placed in Christ and Christ in you, in that moment you experienced not a physical resurrection but a spiritual resurrection because with Jesus, the power that raised him from the grave made you who were spiritually dead spiritually alive. means that you who had no relationship with God now were alive in a relationship with God, a new life, a new person. But lost people, your lost grandchildren, your lost neighbors and co-workers and friends, are walking around physically alive, but on the inside spiritually dead without God. That's not your case, your situation. Now, it needs to break your heart when you think about those who are lost, but that's not your reality. Your reality is you have been made alive. You are spiritually alive. Say, thank you, Jesus, for raising me from spiritual death. Just tell them in your own heart and mind right now, because you were dead, but in Jesus... You're now spiritually alive. Here's the second transformation that's taking place and part of our new identity. Not only are you spiritually alive, but listen, you are fully forgiven. Not partially. You are fully forgiven. You see, the Bible teaches that we have broken the law of God, and because of that, we have a spiritual debt we owe God. It's, it's like there's a written IOU. I owe you. God, I owe you because I'm a sinner. God, there's a, a written certificate, there's a written debt, a written I owe you against me because I owe holy God because I've broken his law. That's what sin is. And every human being is as if God, you might say, is an accountant and there's a written record of your sin. And there's this debt, there's this I owe you. Because of our transgressions, because of our sin. Now, it's, it's like you, you ever get your bills in the mail? You get your bills by email? There's a bill we owe. The, way, the Bible says what? The wages of sin is what? Death. That's our IOU, spiritual death, physical death, eternal death, separation from God in hell because of our sin. That's the debt. That's the IOU. And it's written down. The Bible says in Revelation, God will open the books, right? On the judgment day, it's written down. 
There's a certificate, if you will. But notice what the Bible says about us if we're followers of Christ. At the end of verse 13, having forgiven us, what does it say? Forgiven us what? All. (laughs) Aren't you glad that little word A-L-L is there? Not some of our sin, not some of our transgression, but how much? How much, church? How much? Does it say some? No, it says how much? So why do you go around thinking you're not forgiven if you've got Jesus in your life? All our sin. Now, verse 14, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. You see, listen, 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 people of God. When Jesus was crucified, they wrote, I don't know if it was on parchment or a piece of wood or what, but they wrote on something, Jesus crime, what he was accused of and the reason they were crucifying him. And then when they nailed him to the cross, they nailed that accusation against Jesus to the top of that cross. That was a common practice during crucifixion. And what Jesus is saying, what this passage is saying, that when Jesus died on that cross and sinful man had nailed an accusation against him to the cross, what was really happening, Jesus was taking the certificate of your sin, your IOU, your spiritual bill, your wages of sin, your death that was written on on God's parchment, and he nailed your accusation and your crime and your failure and your sin. He nailed that to his cross. He said, I'm paying your debt. I'm removing from you your IOU. And when you are in Christ and Christ is in you and you're a saint because of this relationship with Jesus, all your sin is forgiven. Praise God for that. And do you know where that certificate still is? On his cross. So why are you carrying it around telling yourself, I'm not forgiven even though you're in Jesus Christ? Why do you allow that sin of 20 years ago, that sin of 40 years ago, that sin of yesterday to still define who you are when you've confessed it and Christ has forgiven you? It's been nailed to the cross, canceled, taken away, destroyed, wiped away, obliterated, torn into pieces. It's gone. That's all right. One clap's better than no clap. Here's the third thing about our spiritual transformation and reality, our identity. Listen, listen, fully forgiven, but the third one is you, you and I have been rescued from hell and given heaven in its place. Just think about that. The Bible teaches that you and I were prisoners of Satan, part of his domain, his kingdom. But when we were placed in Christ and Christ came into us, everything changed. Look in with me in your Bible in the book of Colossians at chapter 1, verse 13. Chapter 1, verse 13. He, Jesus, rescued us from the domain of darkness. And the Greek word translated domain in the Bible has, has this idea of tyranny. That before you were in Christ and Christ was in you, you belonged to a kingdom, you belonged to a, a domain, a, 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 an authority, and, and, and that authority was a tyrant. 
The Bible says Satan walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may what? See, the truth is, before Jesus Christ, your boss, your Lord, your God, the one to whom you belong, wanted to make a mess of your life. And he, he, wanted, he wanted you with him for eternity, and his home is hell. You belong to the kingdom, the domain of darkness, of evil, of sin, of Satan. And, and brothers and sisters, you need to hear this. You need to hear this. Those people in your life that you worry about and you pray for who don't know Jesus, that is their current, current reality. So we, we, we tell ourselves, our neighbors and our friends and co-workers and grandkids, oh, they're nice people. They're, no, 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 no. God says if they're not in Christ and Christ is not in them and they're not his saint, they're not his, they are part of the domain of darkness and they need to be rescued. That's the reason Jesus said go into the world and make disciples. That's the reason he said go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be full. That's the reason you and I are to pray and witness and invite Because they need to be rescued and Jesus wants to rescue them. He died on the cross so they could be rescued. Think of it like we're his firemen. (laughs) We've got a job to do. Do we sit back and let the house burn down and people go to hell? Or do we get the water hose out and work and try to save as many people as we can? Because we're witnesses for Jesus Christ. But your reality has been changed because you are in Christ and, and Christ is in you. You have been rescued. And notice what he, what he says in that verse, not only rescued from the domain of darkness and transferred us, moved us to someplace new. Where did he move us to? Look at it. The kingdom of his beloved son, rather than the kingdom of tyranny, it's one of love. You no longer belong to the domain of darkness see the bible teaches that on the judgment day that that's not when god looks at everything and decides well you did enough to get in and or you didn't do enough to get no 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 no. that's already a reality because the bible says if you are in christ and christ is in you you have already been transferred from the domain of satan and darkness into the kingdom of god's loving son That is a present reality. That's the reason the Bible says there is therefore now, this moment, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You you already belong to his kingdom. Heaven is already yours. It's not something to be earned. It's something that's been given when you placed your faith in Christ Jesus. Now, let me ask you so far. I'm halfway through three of the six realities, changes. Are, are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you excited? Are you thankful? Are you glad that you are today not who you were before Jesus? Huh? Well, well brothers and sisters, I'm not done. There's more. There's more. Here's the the fourth reality, the fourth change. You you have been reconciled to God. Now hear me, and you are ready to stand before God. Let that sink in. Look in Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 and, and, and following. He says, although you were formerly 
in the past before Jesus, alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds. He says, before you were in Christ and Christ was in you, inwardly and outwardly, in your mind and in your deeds, you were not in partnership with God. In fact, you were at enmity with God. You were hostile, even if you didn't know it, and, 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 and there was a broken relationship, alienation, separation between you and God. And as I've said already this morning, that next-door neighbor and that really nice person in, in the club that you're a part of who doesn't know Jesus, they are still inwardly and outwardly alienated from God without God in their life. That was your situation before Jesus, whether you were saved at age 6 or 16 or 36 or 56 or 86, before Jesus was in you and you were in him, that was you. But now... Don't you love that? Look at that. But yet, yet now, now, now it's different. You have been reconciled. The alienation is a thing of the past, and now you're in harmony with God. You're in communion with God. You're in community with Him. You're in relationship with Him. It's not broken anymore. There's no more alienation from God. through his fleshly body, through death. In other words, when Jesus literally physically died on the cross, spiritually you were united with God once you placed your faith in him. Now, I love the next part. Look at this. In order, now look at it, church. In order that he may, may what? what? What's the next word? In order that he may, may what? In order to, to what? Present whom? You. <clears throat> you, brother and sister. To present you before him, before who? God the Father, how? Holy, blameless, beyond reproach. Holy, you know what that is? Blameless, without blemish. There's no spot, there's no stain of sin. Beyond reproach, nobody can even make an accusation against you. Now notice, when he says present you before him, to present is to introduce, to say, uh, to stand in front of somebody and say, uh, so-and-so, this is so-and-so. Jesus is going to present you, introduce you to his Father. To God. And, and that little phrase in your English Bible translated before him. In the original language means God is going to gaze and look deeply and, 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 and intently into you. Jesus is going to take you. And he's going to stand you before his father and introduce you to his father. And the father is going to stare a hole through you. What will he see? We, we tell ourselves, <laughs> oh, whatever that was in the past, that's me. But when God looks at you because you are in Christ and Christ is in you, he makes you holy. He makes you blameless. He makes you beyond the ability of anybody to even make an accusation against you. That's what it means to be forgiven, brothers and sisters. You're ready. Not because of anything you've done, but because he made you alive. Because he has forgiven you. Because he is in you and makes you holy and makes you righteous and makes you blameless. But there's more. Your family. 
you're a member of God's family. You know, the, the world, people like to say, it's, it's popular to say, we're all God's children. No. Biblically, that's not true. I know that sounds harsh, doesn't it? But biblically, it's not true. Biblically, we are all God's creation. Biblically, we are all loved by Jesus, by the Father. Biblically, we we are all people for whom Jesus died. But biblically, we're all sinners. And biblically, for all of us, the wages of sin is death. And biblically, everybody has been a member of the domain of darkness. Those who are in Christ, and Christ is in them, it's changed. Because you are no longer just the creation of God, loved by God for whom Jesus died. You are now children of God. Jesus said you must be born again, spiritually birthed into his family. So you can't be a part of the kingdom of God without being a part of the family of God. They they go together. You can't have one without the other. His kingdom is his family. His family is his kingdom. Aren't you thankful for that? See, in him you were also circumcised. The Jewish people would circumcise a, a little boy as a sign of the covenant that, that, that he's Jewish. And there were some who thought followers of Jesus need to be physically circumcised. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Bible says, no, 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 no. Because something better happened. Because what happened to you when you were placed in Christ and Christ entered you, in your heart, on the inside, you were spiritually circumcised. You were, you were, you were cut, if you will, into the family of God because of Jesus Christ and, and his fleshly death on the cross. And it's changed you on the inside. And yes, it changes your physical body. You know how it changes your physical body? Because without Christ, without being in Jesus and Jesus being in you, all you have is your sinful nature. Because your spiritual side is dead. And your fleshly, the flesh is your sinful nature. The body is the physical body. And the flesh, the sinful nature, dominates and rules. And like we saw in the earlier verse about mind and deeds, they, when, 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 you're, when you're without Christ, the, the inner you and the outer you, the mind and the flesh, they, they push each other towards sin. But once you were in Christ and Christ was in you, he, he made you alive. Your spiritual nature was born and it blossomed. And now, and now your sinful nature, your sinful nature, while you still are in your body and that sinful nature is there, you have your spiritual nature and that old man no longer dominates your life. You, you don't have to allow the habits of the past to control your present. See, see, being members of, of God's family, 
means I have all the privileges and all the rights of of being a member of the family. I I have access to what is His. I have access to His power. I have access to His Holy Spirit. I have access to His dynamite because that's the word for power in the New Testament. And I don't have to live like I used to live. I'm a member of God's family. I can own that and have all of his resources at my disposal to live like somebody who's a child of the king. I don't have to live like my old master because I'm now in God's God's family. I got to run on. I'm running out of time. Brothers and sisters, I think I saved the best one for last. You ready? You Because you're in Christ and Christ is in you, you are completely, completely saved. Look at this next slide. I love that verse. Because sometimes we keep telling ourselves there's more I have to do. If I'm going to go to heaven, if I'm going to be saved, you know, I... I've got to contribute something. There's more. I, I, I just don't know if it's real, if, it, if, if it's sure. There's some. I, there's more I got to do. And and notice now. Notice. Let's let's look at verses eight, verse eight, and then we'll look at verses nine and ten. Verse eight. He said, "See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ." In other words, don't let what everybody else thinks tell you what to think. Don't let the way the world and the average person thinks. Determine how you think. Don't get your belief just from what makes sense to you. Listen to what God says. Next two verses. Look at this. Uh, back up, back up, back up. Slide. One slide. There you go. Verses 9 and 10. Next slide. I'm sorry. Yeah, there it is. My mistake. They were right. For, notice this now. Verse 9 says, For in him, in Jesus. Now, you've got to get this. In Jesus, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Now, what tense is that first verse, that first phrase? Present or past? See, when Jesus came to earth and took upon himself humanity, human flesh, his body, became fully man, he was at that moment also still fully God who existed from the very beginning, always has been. Jesus did not begin at Bethlehem. That's simply when... Jesus, who is deity, who is God, took upon himself human flesh. And when Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead, guess what? He is still deity. He is not a deity. He is all deity, the fullness of the deity. He is God. And and he's saying just as deity, all deity, God is in Jesus. You, because you are in him. You see that? In him, you, because you are in him and he is in you, have been made complete, been made full. In other words, listen, your forgiveness is full. You being loved by God is full and complete. Your, your, your salvation, you, you being saved, it's, it's complete. You're not partially forgiven and partially saved. We, 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 we confess our sins as, as Christians not to be fully saved and remain saved. We do that just because we need to stay close to God, our Father. 
It's just like I've had to apologize to my kids and they've had to apologize to me. Nothing was going to change the fact I'm their father and they're my son, they're my daughter. But sometimes to stay close, but that relationship is as full now as it was before. Listen, you, you have all of him and he's got all of you. You're fully saved, not partially saved, not partially forgiven, fully, completely. Aren't you thankful for that? And, 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 and here's the thing. As, as long as you keep trying to, to earn it, you struggle. But when you realize God's done it and you just surrender to him, there's freedom and there's power and there's transformation and you become a new person because you're confident in who you are because you are in Christ and he is in you. So don't let those old photographs of the past, those old images and pictures of your past sin and past struggles and past failure and your past life before Jesus define who you are today because that is not who you are now. And while some of us don't particularly like the physical changes that come with aging, <laughs> I got to tell you, that the changes that come to us because of our spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ, they are all good. <laughs> so would you stand? I want you, I want you to say some things with me now. Now, there's a reason I'm asking you to repeat some of these things out loud. Most of us, in our head, talk to ourselves, telling ourselves things that are not true. We're, we're so used to telling ourselves the opposite of who we really are, we don't think we can ever live like God has enabled and called us to live. We, we just, but but I, I want you to start thinking about and hearing yourself own who you are. Now, now, if you're not a follower of Christ, Christ is not in you and you're not in him, you've never given your life to Jesus, this, isn't, this is not true of you. The first thing you need to do is give your life to Jesus this morning. When we sing this next song, come to the altar and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be saved. I want all of this to be true of me. I want to be in Jesus and Jesus in me. But for those of you in this room who know Jesus, you're his disciple, his follower, he's in you, you are in him. All these things are true. So let's look at them on the screen, guys. Let's put that up. I want you to repeat this out loud with me, okay? Christ is in me. I am in Christ. I am a saint. I am spiritually alive. I am fully forgiven. I am rescued from hell. I am given heaven. I am reconciled to God. I am ready to stand before God. I'm a member of God's family. And I am completely saved. Now tell the Lord thank you and say hallelujah to him for that. And so brothers and sisters, go out and live like it. Go out and pray like it. Go out and witness like it. Go out and serve like it. Go out and love like it. And go out there and don't let anybody else tell you who you are because if Jesus is in you and you are in him, that's who you are.